I'm back. Good morning. Welcome. Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm really, really sorry uh, about the issues here. Uh, we were, well, we, we were under attack yesterday at the radio station. We, we've had all hands on deck. Uh, we think we're very close to getting the issues resolved. Uh, you know, listen, they don't want this message going out. They'll, they'll, they'll stop at nothing, uh, to censor our first amendment rights and, and, and really, First Amendment, Second Amendment. You know, at the end of the day, why have any amendments, right? That's, that's what it's all about. But uh, we are working through it. We had, uh, Brian was working all night. We had Jason, uh, Jim, our radio engineer, who's uh, in the studios right now. We, Jason's dad, Elmer, has been helping us out, uh, working through all of this. Uh, and I think we're actually really, really close. I think we're going to be uh, back up and running here. Uh, and then hopefully, uh, before this show even ends, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, but this is it. This is what's, this is the new world. This is the new world we live in. And, uh, apparently, uh, you know what? I, I guess I'll look at it this way. We've gotten people's attention and that's exactly what we're looking for. Our toll free number 800-951-0592, the website at allamericangold.com and and so many things to talk about and all the things that are going on and obviously uh, the things that are happening up at 1360 KHNC uh, are dominating. But I'll try to stay focused on what we really do here and talk about what's happening financially. One of the things we're definitely going to talk about today, yesterday, I told you how the government was spending your money. And, and, and listen, in a broad brush, but $35,000 plus, really rounded up $36,000 a year for every single dwelling, every single household in the United States. And, and you think about them telling us there's no inflation, right? Really? There's no inflation? Yet we got to spend $35,000 for every household? And guess what? Unfortunately, that's an old number. Because that was last year's number. That number's no good anymore. Right? We'll, we'll probably see a number north of 40,000 for 2019. By the time you know, do, 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 do what, 45, 50, 100, where does it all end? And, and one of the great things in that report that we talked about yesterday was they did talk about what it's going to cost. And I love it because you see all these headlines. Oh, don't worry about entitlements and it's exaggerated and it's this and it's that. It's not. Could you imagine a payroll tax, the FICA tax of 33%? I mean, who's signing up for that? You sign up for that? I mean, this is really, this is what it's going to be. And it's not going to be, hey, 50 years in the future. No. What are we talking about? Six to eight years, give or take. I don't know what to tell you. I don't even know. What are they trying to tell you? 2033, right? Even then, that's only, what, 14 years. Trust me, it's way worse than that. And I explained that to you because they don't want, they want to pretend like 2022 and beyond isn't going to happen. It's ridiculous. But this is the government. This is how they're allowed to do math. But today, 
We're going to talk about who's buying the debt. So yesterday we talked about how we spend it. Today we're going to talk about how is it that we're going to be supported, right? And we think about how we know this debt's never going to get paid off, and, and how are we able to already rack up $22 trillion. The problem is, like I told you, and I told all of you this, $22 trillion is not the problem. Hey, before the end of the year, it's 23. Before the end of next year, it'll be pushing 25. Before the end of the following year, it's going to be pushing 28. But I'll tell you who's buying this and who isn't. Paper Radio News Hour, got a great show for you. Don't touch that dial. 800-951-0592. Welcome back. Patriot Radio News Hour. Listen, they're not going to beat us. They're not going to beat us. We're not going to let them beat us. And, and uh, we're, we're, we're continuing to work here, try to figure it all out for everybody. 800-951-0592. That is our toll-free number. As we said, yesterday we told you how the government spends it. Now we need to figure out how are we going to pay for it. So the 12 months, so take February, and I guess really, I guess March of 2018 to February 2019. So one year, and and, and again, depending on how the calendars fall, right, you have uh, good numbers, bad numbers, whatnot. The government added $1.26 trillion to the national debt. Now remember, uh, matter of fact, we just got the debt numbers for March. Add another $166 billion in, in March of this year. By the way, the federal deficit for the first six months of 2019, 600 and $99 billion. By the way, that's the small number, just so you know. But $1.26 trillion. They said it brought the national debt to $22.1 trillion. Yesterday, I told you, we already went past $21.2 trillion. Someone has to buy the new pile of debt. Not only do you got to buy the new pile, right? You also got to buy the old pile, right? Because as the debt matures... Right? Here's what happens. As that debt matures, it's not like we're paying it off. We've got to roll it over again. So as the deficits grow, just know the amount of debt that we need to sell, not only does it grow by the amount that we added to it, you still have to sell all the other debt that you already previously owned. The question is getting increasingly crucial. By the way, this is Wolf Richter, the guy, he's, he's fantastic. The debt is ballooning even in the quote-unquote good economic times. Matter of fact, one of the things that we haven't seen before, and, and, and remember when we talk about, when I say, hey, we haven't seen this before, we're talking about going back to 1971. That's when we went full fiat, right? No more gold. Gold doesn't back anything. You can't 
You can't trade your treasuries for gold anymore. All the central banks, they didn't want dollars anymore. Right? They wanted their gold back. Right? And we were running out of it. So they banned it. Right? Another default. Right? Another default. Because those contracts were very uh, implicit in that you had the ability to redeem it in gold. So not only did they default to the American public in 33, they did it to all the foreigners in 71. They went along with it because guess what? They were all in debt too, right? So now in this quote-unquote good economic times, here's how the debt started as they, because remember, the debt was only $400 billion then. And it always started with, well, we're adding to the debt, but mostly when times are bad, right, the debt balloons. And then when times are good, yeah, we're still running debts, right? But the debts would what? They'd get smaller. Hey, instead of, hey, you know, we're running a $200 billion deficit, and now we're only running a $120 billion deficit. Now, right, think about those numbers, right? We, we do more debt than that in a month. Those used to be debts for years. This is the first time that we've had a prolonged economic expansion and the deficits are blowing up. Right? Normally that's not what we see, right? Normally what we see is, hey, when things slow down, deficits get bigger, and when things get better, the deficits get smaller. It's a brand new, uh, again, right? It just kind of lets you know the Ponzi schemes not ready to go bust. Because that was the way that, oh, no, no, well, wait, as soon as the economy's running, we'll shrink it back down, right? Pretending that they had some kind of fiscal discipline. The deficits fueled uh, by, well, let's say, by right, reckless and, and crazy expansion of government and government spending. Everybody at the central bank, and it doesn't matter. You dust off Alan Greenspan. You talk to Ben Bernanke, Janet Yellen, Jay Powell. Oh, this is unsustainable. Here's the problem. They're right. It is unsustainable. The problem is, right, they already know. There's, they have no chance of lowering this debt, none, in the next decade. Matter of fact, they already know, hey, it's going to double. If we're lucky, it will only double. Listen, the Treasury Department, they're already saying, hey, by 2028, it's going to be $30 trillion. Do math. Right? If we're running trillion-dollar-plus deficits a year now, The deficit's already $22 trillion. Eleven years from now, I promise you, the deficit is going to far exceed $30 trillion. But again, they just, they don't want you to be ready. The U.S. government death, uh, debt cost us a record $523 billion in interest, right? We did that yesterday. So you remember how the spending goes. Social Security, Medicare. That's number one. 
So a lot of that still right now, we're probably funding somewhere in the, in the mid to upper 90%, right? And so what we're, ta- what we're, what we're spending on social security and Medicare versus what we're paying in on our FICA where we're running deficits, but it's, it, it's not horrible yet, but just don't, it's a debt. The creditors rely on, well, the U.S. relies on its creditors, right, to buy all of this debt. So who owns it? Who owns it? And then who's buying? First, who owns it? China's number one. China's number one. Japan's number two. And, and really, they're not one and two. They're one and two in foreign country. China has dumped $46 billion of its holdings in the last 12 months. Okay, so China didn't buy any new debt, zero. They actually stopped rolling over $46 billion of old debt. So here, so just, just take the number of dollars that we went into debt and, and the real number last year, if you did fiscal year, was just under $1.4 trillion. Add another $46 uh, billion to it because China sold. Japan, they're the second largest holder. They added in this calendar, the way this calendar works, they added $13 billion of holdings. So they, they, they rolled over what they had, and they added... $13 billion of new debt, but I'm going to tell you right now, that was a calendar quarter. That was that, that actually worked out a little bit. And same thing with China. China's actually sold more than that. But if you go by this calendar, you know, he's not doing fiscal year to fiscal year. So, so China sold 46. Japan said, hey, we'll buy what we always own. We'll rebuy it. And we'll buy $13 billion of, of what China sold. Okay, so still, when you do that, we're, we're, we're down $33 billion. They, they are the next. The other major holders, Brazil. Brazil increased their holdings by about $30 billion. London increased by $30 billion. Ireland decreased by forty billion. Switzerland decreased by twenty-two billion. Cayman Islands, right? Well, that's your your, your uh, what do you, I forget? Tax haven, right? One of those tax haven places. By the way, Cayman Islands, two hundred billion dollars of U.S. Treasury owned in the Caymans. They 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 bumped up their holdings by thirty-three billion. Belgium. And Saudi Arabia, they also increased their holdings as well. For the 12 months, all foreign investors, so you go, like I said, from March 1st to February 28th, they increased their holdings, the foreigners, by $164 billion dollars. Most of that was probably U.S. corporations, by the way. But let's just use the math. 
$164 billion. During that period, we added $1.26 trillion, which means roughly $1.1 trillion is still need to be bought. Now, on top of that, I know, don't you love math? It's so simple. The Federal Reserve, remember, they were still using selling their balance sheet, right? This is something they're going to stop doing. They sold $249 billion worth of treasuries during that time. So, and now we're going the wrong way again, right? you got to add that. U.S. government entities added $160 billion, and, and that's mostly government pension funds. Right, so the government employees, they have their pensions. They bought $160 billion of it. Make a long story short. After you do all that, you account for all the foreigners going to the the auctions. You account for all the buying, all the selling. We're left with $1.19 trillion on top of, remember, that's on top of, Everything that has to be rolled over. So who bought it all? And this really should make you concerned. We talk about your money in the bank. They tell you, it's safe. Don't worry. I mean, we made too big to, to, to fail. We made it safer now. Right? We created Dodd Frank. You should all be elated. And don't worry, because, you know, we got that FDIC insurance thing. (laughs) Pay no attention to the fact there's actually not any money in it, but that's irrelevant. American institution picked up the rest of the bill. So you think about in the last 12 months, we added about, let's make it easy, $1.3 trillion in debt. American institutions bought $1.2 trillion of it. Essentially, they bought pretty much what? All of it. Right? They bought all the new debt. Nobody else bought any. They bought it all. They are now the largest holders of treasuries. U.S. banks now hold $7.7 trillion of U.S. debt. What could possibly go wrong? And and remember what I told you. Okay, we're going to add another $20 The foreigners aren't going to buy it. We're going to have our banks are going to hold $30 trillion of U.S. debt. Looks like it. Can they afford the whole $30 trillion? Take the radio news hour. Something to think about. We'll return right after the break. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. The Equal Rights Amendment, also known as ERA, failed to pass in the 1980s. However, it's being proposed these days by feminists. And it would have a very real effect on every part of American life, from military service to girls' athletics. 
As ridiculous as it may sound, ERA would require all 50 states to allow boys to compete in girls' athletics if they merely claim to be transgender. Under ERA, no law or government entity could make any distinction based on sex. That means it would be impossible for girls' sports to keep boys out. ERA is not some pie-in-the-sky leftist fantasy either. The Virginia House of Delegates defeated ERA earlier this year, but only by one vote after a 50-50 tie. In truth, Phyllis Schlafly defeated ERA in the 1970s, and its deadline for ratification expired back in 1979. However, the expiration of the deadline for ERA has not stopped radical feminists from trying to ratify it three and a half decades too late. ERA would cause more unfairness in girls' sports, as it has done in Massachusetts, where they have a state version of ERA. There, muscular young men routinely break girls' records in girls' sports. Without ERA in the U.S. Constitution, the unfair intrusion of transgenders into girls' sports can be solved by legislation forbidding this. With ERA in the Constitution, states will have no recourse to protect these girls. Co-ed athletics will become the supreme law of the land, enshrined in the U.S. Constitution because of the ERA. We could no more keep boys out of girls' sports than we could take the due process clause out of the Constitution. Fortunately, ERA is not merely one state away from ratification, as some fake news headlines promote. For ERA to become a part of the Constitution, Congress would need to pass it by two-thirds supermajorities, and then 38 states would need to ratify it anew, which should never happen. If we're truly to stand for equal rights for women and girls, let the Equal Rights Amendment fall back into the dustbin of history so we can focus on making sports fair for girls by keeping transgenders on the team of their biological sex. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. You've seen the desperation of women's marches, the disgrace of Planned Parenthood, the rise of savvy young conservative women. Radical feminism is heading down a dead-end road. Voice your opinion on what's really important to women at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 800 uh, Still got some of those AU $5 liberties uh, that we were running yesterday at $360. Uh, gold's unchanged today. $1,273. Silver's up a couple of cents here. $14.95. The Dow's down a little bit, uh, 20, 30 points. And again, all for show. What is really happening? I want you, I know, I, listen, I get it. It's complicated. Maybe you look out, especially like Phoenix. Phoenix, hey, things look okay out there. They're building all these apartment complexes. Houses are a fortune out here, right? I mean, you, you would, I mean, it, it's amazing how expensive stuff is out here now, and there's no inflation. And you think about what I just said. Never, never have we seen the increase in debt in good times like we have now. Five years ago, the debt, the yearly debt, was down to under $500 billion. It's now over a trillion. And now we're talking about who's buying it. So this year, well, I guess 
really last year, the banks, the banks, your pension funds, right? They own them. They bought it all, all of it. And think about it. You really think they're going to be able to pay your pensions, buy in 10-year treasuries that yield 2%? <laughs> I mean, right? Think about the logic in that. Hey, if I hold it for 10 years, they're going to give me 2%. Well, they say they want 2% inflation every year. I mean, every year. That's a big losing proposition. So now you're sitting there and you're thinking about, well, who owns it all? So foreigners used to be number one. They were the largest holders of debt. It's been this way for a long time. But a lot of people would tell you that that was the trade-off. America decided in the 80s, because remember, the national debt went from $400 billion in the 71 to a trillion dollars in 81. And I think all of us would agree, the 70s, not a great time, right? Not a great time for the U.S. You know, we had the, 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 the remnants of the Vietnam War, we had the inflation, right? It wasn't a great time. Debts went up. And, of course, even the Reagan year, the debt still went over $3 million. Just We had a better job. Well, we had the Social Security trust fund robbery happening. And by, what, by 2001, when 9-11 happened, the debt, I think, was right at $5 trillion. When I started here, 2003, the deficit still wasn't even six trillion. It's now twenty-two trillion. And really, you know, I know I only went to public school, but I do know how to do math. You know, that was what sixteen years ago, and we've added almost what sixteen trillion dollars to the national debt in sixteen years. And yet we've only, according to the government, they'd only have you believe, well, we've only run over a trillion dollars a couple of times. And that was, you know, the financial crisis, 2009, and, uh, you know, the bailouts and all that, and, and the war. But we don't have any of that now. now uh, here's, I think 2020, we're going to break the record. We'll break the record without any financial crisis, without any war, but... Foreigners always used to be number one. They're not anymore. They hold about $6.4 trillion of the debt. The government, right, here's your pension funds and and all of those uh, types of things. They own uh, the military, right, and all their uh, veterans. They hold $5.9 trillion, right, and this is a number that, you know, I know this year they bought some, but this number's going to start, what, going down. Because like government's out of money. <laughs> the pensioners are going to want their checks. The Federal Reserve holds 2.2, and then U.S. institutions, they say U.S. institutions and individuals. The individuals, you own them mostly in your pension plan. Own $7.7 trillion. Remember, they were pretty much the only buyer of U.S. debt last year. 
Here's how they're going to get by this year. The Federal Reserve's already said, hey, we're going to stop selling, right? We're, what, two weeks away from the Federal Reserve. They're going to stop selling. And then remember what they said they're going to do. We're going to sell the rest of the mortgages and buy treasuries and just hold only treasuries. So they'll be able to buy about about a trillion dollars, maybe a little more. Let's call it about 1.2 to 1.3 trillion dollars of treasury. That will cover most of the bill for next year. Who's going to buy it the following year? Because remember now, next year, what do we we look at? About 1.2? Small number. Because real number. And here's the thing. you got to sell the real number. A bank could own two, three, four, five trillion in the U.S. day. You get the picture. Are you comfortable with that? And then I got another question for you. Who's going to buy it the following year? And the year after that? And the year after that? And the year after that? And remember what I told you they did. Forget about too big to fail. Forget about Dodd-Frank. Forget about them lying to us that they made the banks safer. Because they didn't. And they know they didn't. Right? If you really wanted the banks to be safe, you break them all up and say no bank could have more money than the FDIC. Right? That way, if you really went belly up, we, we know we got enough money to cover a financial institute. That would make sense. That's not what they did. We'll talk about what, what they did after Dodd-Frank when we return. 800-951-0592. Take advantage of the pullback. You know what? I'll tell you this on, on the pullback. Over the next 60 days, Time to start putting more money to work. I'd put I'd put some to work today, 30 days from now. Let's see where to put it in again uh, because very interesting where, where I think gold is going to be headed. The dollar is actually lower today than it was two days ago when allegedly, you know, remember the big gold sell-off and all that – uh, was it Venezuela's gold with Citigroup, or who, whose gold was it? Who knows? I, you know, uh, I'll say this. This is the calm before the storm. Foreigners, you know, the big main foreigners are sellers. Uh, you, you, we get some Cayman Island buying, right? That's probably your Apples and your Microsoft. So it's probably still really American institution. But you know, globally, the rest of the world, not all that interested in buying U.S. debt. So before the break, I was telling you, they didn't break up these banks. And, they, and really, here's the they couldn't. See, they're actually way smarter than we are. I'd like to pretend that I'm smart. I'm not. I tell you all the time, I'm not that smart. They didn't break up the banks 
because they knew this problem was coming and they needed these mega banks to buy this stuff. And they did. And now they realize, oh crap, right? The whole balance sheet runoff, you, you know, that was just a fake out, right? They knew. They knew they were never going to really go very far. And, and they realized, what was it? Took them to December. Okay, whoa, 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 hey, we got to stop here. Right? Because the banks are saying, hey, listen, we're out of money. Can't, can't be buying all this debt at 2% and make any money. But they did something years after Dodd-Frank. There was no big deal on, on CNBC, right? They weren't. Jim Cramer wasn't coming out yelling, they know nothing, they know nothing. Right? None of that. There wasn't anything from Congress. You didn't hear about it. During the election, right? Nobody was campaigning on on getting rid of the rules. There wasn't even a vote in Congress. Why? Because it wasn't Congress. It was Congress's authority to vote. Uh uh-uh. uh. These were just rule changes through the SEC. Of course, who told them to change the rules? You know who told them. The central banks told them. And you know what the rule changes were? You do if you've listened long enough here. All of your money. All of it. Well, unless you have gold in your home, all the rest of your money, The ones that's in your bank account, the money that's in your 401k. I know you get that electronic statement month after month. Tells you how much money you think you got. Remember, that's before you paid the taxes, right? So you really don't have as much as you thought. That's all for all you real smart guys. I know. Oh, no, no, no. I don't need gold. I don't need it. I got a great financial planner. He's my buddy. We play golf. We go to the same church. He's a great guy. And look at it. He's done good for me. I bought this annuity. I'm guaranteed income. Right? I got a whole life policy. I'm all set. I'm good to go. Don't be an idiot. There's no guarantee on any of it. You're only guaranteed until they go bankrupt. That's it. And then it ends. But here's what they did. Here's what they did. They said at any time, any time, not when you see fit, No, when they see fit, they can prevent you from selling any of it. Yeah, you know know what that means, right? If not, I'll explain it to you after the break. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment. 
Call that number. Make sure you got something somewhere else before it happens. 800-951-0592. That is our toll-free number. So we're talking about what comes next. What about all your money? Someone's got to buy this debt. Somebody's got to buy it. I got a pretty good idea of who's going to be, but the one that's going to be the somebody. So they've got all of our debt, all of our wealth, our wealth, which is in debt. Because when you remember, every time you put the money in the bank, you've essentially loaned it. You've created a debt. Of course, you're the you're the one that right needs the payment of the debt. Every time you buy an annuity, every time you buy a whole life policy, aren't they great? They're just so good. Your 401k, you buy debt with it. That's what you do. That's what happens. And now, according to the SEC, whenever they're ready, they can just say, yeah, you know what? We're not going to let you sell it. You can't do anything. You're going to have to be stuck with it. And you know what's going to happen. Hey, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. All you 401k guys, tell you what. I know you want to buy the stocks and, and, and you want to buy Apple and you want to buy your Amazons and your Netflix. You're going to be buying U.S. Treasuries instead. How's that sound? Uh, I mean, right? I mean, someone's got to buy it all. And all of that money, wherever it may be, they have access to. They have control of. And that's why having some gold put away where no one else has it, no one knows where you've got it, just makes a whole lot of sense. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. That is our toll free number. Those AU five libs, three hundred and sixty bucks today. Take the time, put them away. A uh, quick look at the markets before we head out. Gold's unchanged, twelve seventy two. Silver uh, Dow is unchanged at fourteen ninety three. The Dow's down twenty. The S and P's down four. The Nasdaq's down four. Uh, didn't have a lot of economic data. We had some earnings out. Oh, yeah, Netflix. Guess they had a tough time. The subscribers weren't where they wanted them to be and a whole host of others. Uh, some more banks and all that stuff. We'll have to wait and see how all of this plays out. But just know this. What happens today, tomorrow, next week, next month, that's not the story. The story is, the bill is getting ready to come due. And who's going to be buying it all? The foreigner said, no thanks. Last year, our bank said, okay, well, I guess we've got to be the ones that buy it all. Next year, who's left? Right? That's a great question. 800 uh, and coming up next, we got Eric Cedarstrom. We're working on our issues. We'll see how we do. Uh, we'll try to have uh, Alex Jones live. If not, we'll have a repeat until we can get to, we're recovering from an attack that we suffered early yesterday morning, uh, trying to put it all back together again. Bear with us. In the meantime, keep supporting us. Keep supporting uh, the people that advertise with us. And more importantly, have a great day. Patriot Radio News Hour.